Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome everyone to post NXT, post show, post everything. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined by Carlos Toro, back. <laughs> Karrion Cross's favorite writer, Carlos Toro, is here. <laughs> Carlos, how are you? Much like the great Samoa Joe returning to NXT to bring order to the chaos, I am <laughs> back here on Fightful to bring some order into this chaos i mean what are you guys doing you guys doing stuff on twitch you guys are doing stuff on youtube everywhere the patreon's going blowing up i mean it's chaotic are here i mean in a good sense in a good sense so i have i have no idea sean gave me a twitch and we're just watching brock lesnar matches throughout the day we're doing interventions with robert o'neill i i don't know i'm getting in trouble every single day carlos i need you to come back and, and save me because i i'm running amok and and sean clearly can't control me so you know we need we need you back here carlos i mean i'll go i'll come back as a special enforcers i don't know to who i don't know if it would be to you to sean i don't know who i'd be special enforcing but uh but uh, sure i'll i'll do th- i'll do some enforcing around here assistant to uh the sean ross sap it will be your your official title (laughs) when you return to fightful guys uh youtube.com slash fightful you're here you're watching this show you might be watching on my twitter i think you do that like the periscope or something you might be watching on facebook wherever you're watching leave us a thumbs up leave us a little heart if you're watching on twitter subscribe to the channel on youtube.com slash fightful go over to fightful select fightfulselect.com we, we surpassed 2,000 subscribers as a reward for that i think hannah and i are doing karaoke uh at multiple places i believe um this this fall this fall we're doing that we're gonna do karaoke um go to go to fightful select subscribe because if you subscribe to fightful select you would have known first before anybody before those other websites, you would have known that Samoa Joe was returning to NXT. That was uh, the news that Sean Ross had broke on Friday that broke my partner in crime, Joseph Holbert's heart. Carlos, William Regal comes out to start the show to close TakeOver. He said it's time for a change. He, he, uh, he got his Owen Hart on, said enough is enough, and it's time for a change. He came out very sad. 
Sounded like you want to step down. He said, I'm I'm just kind of done. I'm over it. Karrion Cross's title reign has gotten to me. I've put up with a lot of shit, but I could not put up with Karrion Cross. This is the, the bottom of the barrel when it comes to NXT. Cross comes out. He's a heel, guys. He's a heel. All right. He's a friggin' heel. He comes out and he says, Good, get out, fall and pray, tick-tock, your time is up. Then we got Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe makes his triumphant return to NXT. Really, WWE, since he got released in April, makes his triumphant return, and he says, I ain't here for this bullshit, okay? I don't want to be the GM. You can can keep your GM spot. I'm here to protect and serve. I'm here to to stop all this chaos. I'm here to keep everyone in line. William Regal says, all right, Joe, if you want to come back, that's fine, but you can't be a competitor, and you can't attack anybody unless provoked. Joe says, all right. He uh, he tells Karrion Cross to get to stepping. Carlos, what did you think of this segment? I I will admit I was fully prepared to talk about Samoa Joe becoming the new NXT general manager. And I, and it's kind of a bit of a, not weird, but it is a bit of a different, uh, bit of a different situation to what we were all expecting, but I'm totally fine with this because I mean, let's be honest. I I think a lot of people, maybe some people thought that Samoa Joe was going to come back to NXT and wrestle. I mean, it's been abundantly clear for some time that, you know, Joe's not going to be wrestling a full-time schedule anytime soon. So I'm okay with this and you can still do some good stuff with Joe in this situation. I like the little stipulation where you can't, where Joe can't touch anybody unless he's been provoked. And you kind of already saw a glimpse of that throughout the night. And the very short segments that Joe appeared in, he would just absolute gold. I mean, kind of ended that first segment telling, uh, telling uh, Karrion Cross, you know, I only have one more, uh, one question why are you still in my ring in this ring? And I thought the way he delivered it was so intimidating, so great that, I mean, it got me really excited over what the future is because I mean, even though he can't wrestle full time, I certainly wouldn't put it past, you know, maybe a few, a couple of big feuds may, you know, starting off with Karrion Cross. So Overall, I'll, I'll say this. This is a, a phenomenal first step in this Samoa Joe return to NXT, this special enforcer role that he has going on. So I, I've certainly it certainly kept me interested throughout the night. And, I mean, we'll definitely talk about Joe because he's been all over the show tonight. He was great throughout the entire show. We're going to kind of go with with the entire Joe theme here and, and get, get all that out of the way. But as far as this opening segment goes, look, Joe has always been phenomenal on the mic, just an absolute killer on the mic. This was, this was no different. I love that he turned down the, the role. He's like, nah, like I don't need to be the GM. I'm just here to keep people in line. Because Regal, Regal's done a great job as a GM. There was really no need for him to like step down and leave the general manager position. So I'm glad they didn't just, you know, take him out of that role. It's like, all right, here's Joe. He's going to be the GM. I like him more as the enforcer role. Honestly, he stepped right to cross cross might be the champion. Joe doesn't care. Joe's like, look, get out of here, dude. Why are you still here? Get out of here. Young champ cross. I mean, cross uh, for as big and tough as he he wants to portray. He backed down. And, And that says a lot about Joe as well. I'm glad Samoa Joe is back. Uh, I clearly he's not going to wrestle full time. I don't know if he's been cleared, but they teased a lot of stuff tonight and we'll get into that. We go backstage, we hit chaos, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly still can't stand each other, even though they had an unsanctioned match. So now 
Carlos. They're going to settle things in just a regular singles match. You, you beat the shit out of each other with weapons and chains and ladders and go through the stage and all this stuff. And then you just find out who the, the better peer wrestler is because that's what you do in a blood feud. Um, William Regal says, you guys can pick your opponents for next week. Joe kind of backs off O'Reilly. Uh, and then Adam Cole, he, he breaks free from security. He pushes Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe calmly takes his jacket off, turns to Adam Cole, who was trying to get at Kyle O'Reilly, and just locks this man in the coquina clutch, puts him to sleep, makes him go night-night, and then he says, let me know his decision when he wakes up. What a just brilliant fucking segment. What a brilliant (laughs) segment. It, It encompasses everything that is Samoa Joe. He's tough. He's very much willing to get physical if he needs to and is provoked. And whenever he talks, he talks with such authority and such in such an authoritative manner, which is why I was kind of, you know, interested in seeing him in a GM role because I thought he could have done very well. But I also love this enforcer role because it pretty much keeps all of that, all of that sort of intact, albeit in a different title. But whenever Joe talks, he goes it's short sweet to the point but he gets the message across and i think that's what joe excels at so well not just you know in comparison to rest of wwe but in all of wrestling he's in my opinion one of the best at you know showcasing that intimidation factor uh, both physically and verbally i love that he immediately got kind of physical here and showed that like look this man ain't messing around if you put your hands on him he's gonna choke you out you know that was the little stipulation in the opening segment and they wasted no time uh enforcing that and showing that this is what's gonna happen if if you end up provoking this man i love that i don't need him just standing idly by and just kind of keeping the peace and stuff i i like that he got involved immediately here adam cole sold this very well blessed be the power game (laughs) Onto Adam Cole. Um, and then the final Samoa Joe segment of the 90s backstage with, uh, I guess the final one was in, when they shook hands and left. But uh, he's backstage with Regal going over the night. Here comes Johnny Gargano doing Joe, Joe, Joe. Joe looks very annoyed by this. I don't blame him. Uh, Austin Theory's doing a diesel impression. Joe was like, can you just leave? Can you, he's like a little gnat. Can you just like go away, Gargano? Pete Dunn steps up here, get a little face off between them. I said it earlier, they're teasing some stuff with Joe. We had him go face to face with Cross. We had him choke out uh, Cole. We had him get involved a little bit with O'Reilly. We had him shoo away Gargano and we had him go face to face with Dunn. These were the guys that were in the NXT title match at, at TakeOver in your house. And Joe's kind of threading with a little of uh, with all five of them right here. So they're teasing some stuff again. I I don't know if he's cleared. I would assume he's not. Don't think he's going to be back full time. They're teasing stuff though, and it feels like he's going to wrestle at some point. Yeah, I mean, if they let him go get physical like that, I know he didn't didn't bump or anything. All he did was you know put into Kakina clutch on Adam Cole. It's still something because you know how sometimes. WWE can be a little bit uh, stingy when it comes to what what people can do and cannot do when they're not clear or when they are cleared. So I, again, I don't know if they are uh, Joe is cleared, but at the very least, him getting physical like that is a very promising sign that he's going to wrestle at some point because they wouldn't plant the seeds for so many feuds. I mean, you mentioned uh, Gargano, Cole, 
Cross, I mean, and Pete Dunn. They, I mean, they planted so many seeds that it'd be hard. Uh, it'd, it'd be a little weird for them to not sort of pay off at least one of those uh, feuds with with a wrestling match at the very least. I, I would agree. They they got to pay off on something with Joe doing his in ring return whenever he gets cleared, if he gets cleared. I think you got to do something there. And we've seen, I mean, I know Joe, his injury seems to be pretty bad considering he hasn't wrestled since February of 2020. So it's been well over a year now. But I mean, Edge came back, Brian, Christian, guys are returning. At some point, don't know when, it seems like Joe will step in the ring again. Uh, let me catch up on some super chats here. Uh, Ricardo El Idolo, they fight full. Says uh, Tommy, Timmy, Grizzled Young Veterans ruled. It did. We will get to that later on. A lot of Samoa Joe uh, Super Chats going on. But the Nerd Guru says, Carlos, Denise is setting stuff on fire. <laughs> this is why you got to return. Denise literally set her house on fire uh, on the NXT TakeOver post show. Like I said, like I said, I mean, there there's a lot of chaos since I left in December. So, I mean, I got, I got to do something about it because I feel like me leaving in December was kind of like opening Pandora's box and just unleashing all of this. It was. Uh, Brian Dina says, Joe Carlos, pro-vacationing. I, I can't read that word. And then you misspelled my name. <laughs> what are we doing here? I don't even know. that. I, I can't even understand that super chat. It's been a long day, all right? You got to use smaller words than that with me, okay? Um, I, I, I apologize. Valaba. I'm not even going to try it. Do your best uh, impression of Scott Steiner saying Samoa Joe for the rest of the show. Well, I don't know how much more we're going to talk about Samoa Joe, but I will do. Samoa Joe, fat. He's fat. I can't do a Scott Steiner impression. He's fat. There you go. Fat. <laughs> I love that clip so much. <laughs> Ricardo Elito, Joe versus Dunn, take my money. Ah, dude, that tease ruled. I want Joe versus Walter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nerd Guru says, I was really pushing for Joe to go to AEW, which uh, would have been awesome. But as a longtime NXT fan, this makes me happy. Joe is top tier in the world. He definitely is. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he got paid nicely. Whatever Samoa Joe wants to do, he can uh, He can certainly do. And I'm, I'm, glad he, he's, I'm glad he's in NXT in this role again. As long as he's happy, that's good. Uh, Samoa Joe choking life out of, out of Adam Cole's ace. That was tremendous. That was Just phenomenal, I got to say. Tremendous. One tremendous. of my favorite segments of that whole show. Yes. Um, Dom L says, with Joe coming back, I just want to throw this out to public discourse. Bring back Ruby Riot. And they need to bring back uh, a lot of these people that they cut because uh, they shouldn't have cut a good yeah. number of them. No, I mean, there's a couple of guys that were cut. Well, there's a lot of guys that WWE has released this year that I think would have gotten a you know second life if they had just gone down to NXT. And there's no reason why they couldn't have done that. I mean, it's been done in the past and we've seen the results. It's been positive. And Brisango has been phenomenal since they went to NXT. Finn Balor, you know, has done very well in a lot of different spots since he moved down to NXT. I mean, I, I don't see why if you bring back someone, Joe, why you, you can't bring back other people that were released. Yeah, I mean, they could, but then you run the risk of NXT getting too crowded. But AEW is going right. to run uh, into that into that same thing. Um, but I know, like, they pushed for Andrade to come back to NXT, and Andrade's like, "Nah, I don't really want to do that." Somebody in the, somebody in the chat says, "You know, let Ruby go where she's going to be used correctly," and, I, and I'm totally for that as well. Mm-hmm. Look, she was on the main roster, and the she was what she was up there with Liv Morgan. They were just kind of wrestling three minute tag team matches, wherever Ruby goes, she's going to have a more flourishing career, I would suspect, but you probably didn't need to just use these people 
better. And you don't need to release them at all. Uh, Ricardo says, you can just call me Ricardo, Jeremy. We are friends. I know, but I like your your name is, is cool. Ricardo El Idolo de Fightful, at least for the first one. I think I've just called you Ricardo since then, but we're good, <laughs> Ricardo. I, I like your name. Uh, Cyclops Better Than Wolverine says, hashtag justice for Adam Cole. Golden, <laughs> he put his hands, he put his hands on Samoa Joe. It said, they said in the opening segment, don't provoke the man. You can't push him and not expect retaliation. Adam Cole, that's a boneheaded play. You want to look up all-time boneheaded plays, that's what Adam Cole did. I fully expect one of these days where you see, I don't know, like Kyle O'Reilly pushes Adam Cole into Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe doesn't doesn't see that Kyle O'Reilly pushed him, and then they just go to blows, and Samoa Joe just feels that he's justified and just beating the living shit out of Adam Cole. I'm for that. I'm for that. Guys, get your super chats in. Uh, donate super chat. Get your question, comment, statement read on air. Let's get into some action here. Imperium against Brizongo. Imperium going through some tough times right now after uh, they kicked out Wolf, and then Wolf unfortunately got released. Walter not happy with how things are going. Probably not going to be happy with this match as Brizongo picks up the victory, and then after the match, Imperium gets the heat back. They they take out Brizongo. They drape the Imperium flag over Tyler Breeze. What do you think of this match and, and where things are going uh, with Imperium here, Carlos? You know, I thought it was a good match. I thought, it, you know, it kind of was the classic get the baby faces uh, a victory, but also put the heat on the heels by attacking them after the match. I thought that, you know, it was, uh, I thought it was pretty good in the way that they just immediately beat uh, um, Tyler Breeze and they just immediately draped them with, uh, with the uh, Imperium flag and then just started stood, uh, standing up over it, almost like as, as if they were all they were victorious in the match when they clearly lost. And I mean, look, I don't know if this is going to be a trend where they lose matches and then just start beating up teams left and right after the match. But I mean, they uh, I, I want to know what the direction is going to be for Imperium because I mean they they obviously the the factions gotten a little bit smaller and obviously they can't you know, do a payoff off of that, but well, but, but I'm curious to see where, where it goes. I, it felt like even though uh, Brizongo got the victory, Imperium, you know, did a good job at making the segment all, all about them by attacking them immediately after the match, because draping the draping Brizongo with the, with the, with the flag, it was kind of good in the sense that, you know, they're out of sight, out of mind. And so all you do is now focus on Imperium and now the focus on them almost kind of makes you forget that they lost a match. We don't need to elevate losers here, though. That's that's, that's my yeah. issue because I'm fine. They want to get their heat back and everything. I would have just rather them they win and then they take out Brizongo. I don't think they have any real intentions of them pushing Brizongo. Maybe they will. Uh, but... Is just have them win and then then take them out and then stand tall and then really all the attention is on them. I, okay, they lost the match. It's another sign of like wins and losses don't really matter unless it's going to play into Walter coming back and being like, look, you guys keep losing. I'm glad you're like taking guys out, but like the mat is sacred. You guys got to win some shit. Otherwise, mm. I'm going to disown all of you and kill you all. Like, look at me. I don't lose. I don't need to to take people out after the match after I lose because I don't friggin' lose. I agree with somebody in the chat who says they should push Brizongo. I'm with you, but I don't yeah. know if they have that intention. Um yeah, 
I, I just don't need losers getting elevated because then you got something like Santos Escobar, who's like, hey, I'm coming after the NXT North American title. Like, dude, you just lost to Kushida. I don't know if you've, if you've won since then. You lost in the sixth man. You got squashed to the barricade. You're a loser. Why, why are you getting a title shot? Dork. Yeah, and that and the thing about that one is that, you know, it does it, it doesn't just look bad on San, and Santos Escobar. It looks bad on all of Legado del Fantasma, who, I mean, they kind of, when they first kind of got together, they were they almost looked like they were about to set NXT on fire, and then they just go out and lose, you know, the, the with all the title, with the NXT and tag team titles on the line. I get it, Bronson Reed and MSK just won their titles, so it'd be weird if you took the titles off of them, but I feel like, you know, in that in that instance, you know, it's not just one guy kind of getting their stock down. It's three guys. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know if they're just, you know, holding things over until we get to Great American Bash or we're hold, or the next takeover. But at times it did kind of feel like this episode was sort of like, uh, all right, the we had these big matches at In Your House, but we're just going to keep those feuds going even for like another week or two until we just kind of reset, which – I thought this whole episode, so which is going to be an entire reset and just get to fresh new views, but it just, it, I feel like it didn't quite exactly hit that mark and sort of making that, creating that build to Great American Bash. I thought it was a good episode, but it did kind of feel like it was still like we were still building up to In Your House, even though In Your House just finished. I do think that they are going to do Escobar and Reed at Great American Bash. They've already got Colin O'Reilly announced for that. I think they're going to add another big match, and Escobar and Reed is probably it. And I'll, am I excited about it? It'll be a good match. I think Escobar is great, um, but I, I just don't need him losing, man. I just I don't need him losing and then getting a title shot. Don't do that. Just don't have, have him win some matches. I hope he picks up a couple wins between now and Great American Bash. If that's what we're uh, gonna do, Nerd Guru sends a super chat. Says, "Who do you guys think the battery is?" Tegan for me. So let's talk about this. They they mm-hmm. aired it coming out of the commercial break. It started at zero percent, and then it came up to to ten, and then it came up to twenty. Um, who do you think this battery is for, Carlos? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, Tegan is about as good as guesses uh, I can immediately think of. They've been they've been teasing quite a number of different surprises and mystery guys coming back, but the way they kind of set that up, a battery. So it was at 0%. Now it's going at 20. It kind of gives me the impression it's going to be a, a wrestler who's been out of action for some time due to injury. That's so, I mean, hey, if you go to Fightful.com and you go to the to the injury list, I mean, you can probably start playing the process of elimination from that point onwards. So because all they did was just show a battery, like an iPhone, uh, bat, almost like an iPhone battery lo- logo just starting slowly uh charging up but other than that there was no hint as to who it could be could be a man could be a woman could be a tag team could be you carlos could be me no it could could be be carlos it could be maybe i did so well in covering carrying cross that maybe (laughs) maybe i'm i'm booking my flight right now to the performance center and see where the i'm sorry the capital wrestling center and maybe i'll and maybe i'll show up there who knows uh, I think the the biggest guesses I've seen are Tegan, Finn, uh, Ridge Holland. He got he had that really nasty injury. Um, yeah, that's true. And Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong just like quit 
and hasn't been seen. And I mean, William Regal said, you know, whenever you want to come back, you can. Maybe Roderick Strong is recharged, ready to come back. Those have been the top four guesses that, that I have seen. I don't know who it is. Everybody's guess is, is kind of uh, as good as mine here. But we will, we'll see if it's one of those four. We'll see if it's somebody else. It could could be completely – it could be RoboCop. He's now, you know, after years of wherever he's been since WCW, he is now fully recharged. Somebody plugged him in, and, and here we go, RoboCop. It's coming to NXT. They love that nostalgia shit in NXT. So I, I mean, hey, they rebooted the, the franchise a couple of years ago. So who knows? Uh, Trey Baxter, the former Blake Christian, answers uh, Kushida's open challenge. Good to see Blake Christian get, get a big spot. He's been killing it on, on the indies in New Japan for, for a couple of years now. And he looked great in this match. Kushida always looks good. Kushida's like top tier. Top tier guy. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly strolls down the ringside. He looks very impressed with both men. And Kushida gets the victory with the hoverboard lock. What did you think of this match, Carlos? As someone who's, you know, like you, has been a fan of, you know, Trey Baxter, the former Blake Christian's work on the Indies and in New Japan, I was really excited that he got to shine and he didn't just get, you know, a a a match where he just watches the guy for two minutes and, and that's like we've seen that a lot of times but when you make your debut and it's against Kushida and it's the banger of a match because it was really really good and I think it did more to elevate Blake Christian because it not only shows he's a good wrestler I mean a lot of guys that they NXT signs and brings them more they're good wrestlers that's a given but when you put him up against Kushida one of the best wrestlers in the world still and you put and he goes toe-to-toe for quite some time because it wasn't just Kushida just dominating the match. And then like, and then Trey Baxter just kind of gets to a minute or two of like good offense. And that said, they, it was 50, 50 for a good period of time. And then we got, and then, you know, Kushida won with the hoverboard lock. It was, I'll admit, I was a little surprised that when he locked in the hoverboard lock, it seemed to me like Trey just kind of tapped in like really, really quickly. Like I, I thought that, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that kind of thinks this, but like you kind of tapping in like a little too quickly instead of trying to fight out of it. Like, uh, I, I don't even say it's a negative mark, but I, I, that's one thing that's kind of always been a, a thing with me whenever baby faces tap in like really, really quickly whenever they hit, hit with a submission. But, you know, other than that, love the debut. And I think Trey is going to be someone who NXT will slowly push. I mean, obviously, title pictures are pretty full at the moment, but they, I think they're going to spend the rest of the summer really building him up as you know a, a legit threat to whatever title he go, decides to go after. William Regal, many weeks ago, said they were going to start making additions to the Cruiserweight division. Uh, Carmelo was the, the first one. Trey now coming in here as well. I like these additions. You know, we will see what they do with these guys moving forward because now like you can have a great match with Kushida and we we know Christian Casanova and, and Blake Christian are like great wrestlers so it's not worried about that and you know being showcased against Kushida is great they got to start picking up some wins though which means guys got to lose but you need some some showcase wins for these guys and they can do it and we'll see we'll see where they go moving forward with these guys but I thought this is a very nice debut for for the former Blake Christian now Trey Baxter I mean, you get to go in there, you hang on Kushida for this match went like 10 minutes or so. So it looked good on it looked good on Trey Baxter again. Now you've actually got to keep it moving because we haven't seen Carmelo in a couple weeks since the debut. I think he posted a diamond emoji 
on on his Twitter. So maybe he's he's hinting that he's part of the diamond mine. Maybe it's just you know throw people off the scent. Um, but let's, let's talk about the diamond mine. They are they're coming next week. They, these these video packages have been airing for over a month now. Some weeks they haven't aired at all, but now it's coming next week. I thought the first time I saw this video package, I didn't think it was an ad for an NXT group. I legitimately thought Dustin Poirier had some new supplement <laughs> line and, and this was it. It was a commercial for his new supplement line. Who do you think, what do you think the diamond mine is? I mean, I'll admit, I did actually kind of think Casanova might be involved in that way in some way, shape or form. And I mean, I'm going to stick to that uh, until I'm proven wrong next week, which, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to be wrong, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally okay with, uh, you know, I'm interested. I they kind of been doing these, you know, with the battery we were talking about earlier now with the, you know, with the diamond mine for a few weeks, it's uh, it does kind of feel like as we kind of approach, you know, the middle of the summer, we approach the end of it. It does kind of feel like now with Joe also kind of coming in back, it does kind of feel like there's going to be sort of, not necessarily a rejuvenation, but there's going to be sort of a, a, a bit of a fresh face lift in NXT. Cause it feels like with all these new faces coming in, it does kind of feel like, you know, the landscape is going to change. Even if, if it's just by a little, it does feel kind of like they're preparing for guys who are going to be an integral part of the brand for the next year or two. We need that because the knock on NXT for the past year or so, even more than that, is that especially at the top, it's been the same guys. Look, I love Adam Cole. I think Johnny Gargano is doing great work. I love Pete Dunne. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, this cool Kyle stuff, you can kind of miss me with, at least with the way they're portraying it. Um, but as far as in-ring work goes, I love Kyle O'Reilly. These guys have been at the top of the card for a while now, especially like Cole and Gargano. And I mean, Ciampa main evented tonight. He's not in the world title picture anymore, but he's still a, a very, very focal point of this show. These guys have been around there for a while. All right. So I am completely fine if we want to start cutting these guys down, phasing them out a little bit and, and building up some new talent here. Then I don't know what you're doing with like Cole and Gargano and everybody, since it doesn't seem like they're going to go up to the main roster. But I do like that we're going to have an influx of new talent, it seems. And then you start building them up. It's going to take a little while, but I think the NXT audience is ready for something a little bit new based on the reactions some people got at TakeOver uh, and here tonight. As far as Diamond Mine goes, I could see it being like a group led by Roderick Strong. Uh, somebody mentioned um, that in the chat, Marina Shafir, his wife. Um, you know, she has the MMA background. They're obviously doing a heavy MMA fluence with this stuff. I could see it being a little group led by Roderick Strong. Um, otherwise, yeah. I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, and not just that. So right after that, I mean, we do have, I believe, the, the, the WWE draft coming up. So who's to say yes. that we're get, that you know some of those guys that we see on NXT on top for so long kind of makes that jump to Raw and or SmackDown. So now it's about as good a time as you can get to to bring in some fresh faces and elevate them. It's going to take them some time to you know if a guy like a if Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly or Gargano moves up. You know, obviously two months, unless it's a big, big name, two or three months is not going to be enough to sort of elevate a new face to that level. But at least it's a start. And you definitely have enough talent all throughout NXT that you can carry the brand without some of these top names if they were to get drafted to Raw or SmackDown. 
Frankie Monet backstage. Her encore will be next week. So I guess she will be back in the ring. And then uh, she's hanging out with Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea as Robert Stone, not too happy about this. Maybe we'll get a new Mean Girls here with Frankie Monet. Yeah. I mean, look, we've seen it when she was Taya in, in, on Impact. We've seen that she is capable of amassing a group together, uh, whether it be of wrestlers or of underlings. We saw that, you know, when she had Johnny Bravo and Rosemary you know, alongside her. So, I mean, hey, who's to say that it won't be a similar, at least elements of it will be similar to what we, what she's been able to do in the past. And she's been great when she, when she does that. So I think that there are stuff out of Frankie that I really do like because it does remind me of her work in a good way from impact. So, and I like, you know, it plants the seeds for, you know, potential feud between Frankie and Robert Stone, uh, or you know, over Jesse and and Aaliyah's allegiances for the future. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's what today was show where they at times they kind of planted the seeds for some new stuff, some new feuds, and at times they kind of felt like the status quo uh, remained unchanged. But this was the case where it was start the start of something kind of new. Guys, I don't think it's Tessa Blanchard in in the di- in the diamond mine. Uh, I, I think we can kind of just drop that whole thing. If it is. I mean, look, they kept it very well under wraps considering how long they've been teasing this, but I, I, I'm not, I don't think it's that. Uh, million Dollar Celebration. Ted DiBiase comes out, is ready to award the, the Million Dollar Championship to LA Knight. LA Knight comes out and he gives a very heartfelt promo. He's like, you're my favorite wrestler growing up as a kid. You know, I, I just wanted to be Ted DiBiase. Anytime we do like play wrestling and stuff, I always wanted to be you and whatnot. And then he he did the old turn on him and he said, Mm -hmm. you know, I got what I wanted and now I'm dropping what I don't need. He hits DiBiase, kicks the shit out of him. Cameron Grimes makes the save. I'm not high on LA Knight. I'm not, I'm not an LA Knight guy. All right. But I thought he was great in this segment. Uh, Looking back on him winning the the million dollar championship looks like a good call. Now I am. We'll see what the reactions are moving forward. The crowd is still a little lukewarm on him, but uh, this one definitely got some major heat for him. I thought LA Knight was great in the segment. DiBiase did what he needed to do. Cameron Grimes, he's one of the most over guys on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. So I thought the segment was great. What do you think, Carlos? I agree with you. I love the segment, and I loved, you know, as you mentioned, at the start of the whole segment, you know, LA Knight was kind of getting a lukewarm response from the crowd. But as he was cutting this heartfelt promo, let's be honest, we, every single person who has seen wrestling for more than five minutes knew where this was, this was coming. And the, and he was starting to get some pretty good heat the longer he was cutting this promo. Because I'll be honest, he kind of went pretty long with that heartfelt promo. He went yeah. really, really long. Almost to the point where he kind of almost convinced me, huh, maybe this, he, maybe he is not going to turn heel. And then all of a sudden, he does the old, you know, I got what I wanted, blah, blah, blah. And beats the shit out of Ted DiBiase. But I will say... He did the segment masterfully well. It was great. Uh, I, I do still question bringing using the million dollar championship as a you know as part of this feud with Cameron Grimes because I mean let's be honest if we I I know they really like to romanticize the history of the million dollar championship but let's be honest the, if you really take a look at the people who's held the million dollar yes, championship thank you let's be on okay. With Steve Austin didn't become a superstar because of the Million Dollar Championship being the ringmaster. He became a superstar in spite of that weighing him down. And when Virgil beat DiBiase and he got the title, I mean, it was a great moment, but they didn't do 
anything with him. And then when they kind of did the whole thing with Ted DiBiase Jr., it did absolutely you know, nothing for him. Like the, the, thought, thinking that there was going to be this game-changing uh, gimmick, and it went absolutely nowhere. And I mean, look, I if the it's going to be essentially the FTW championship where he has a title, he has a belt, but it's not an actual championship. And he, I mean, if he defends that, I mean, it's not like WWE is going to recognize it in the history books. Not like, you know, if LA Knight wins the, wins the tag team title and wins the NXT championships, suddenly he becomes the triple crown guy because he held a million dollar championship. I mean, it's a prop, it's a belt. And, you know, I don't expect that to be something that will elevate him. If anything that's going to is going to elevate L.A. Knight, it's the feud itself, not the million dollar championship. Thank you, Carlos. I, I said this on the takeover post show with this title. It's just it's not what they want it, what they make it out to be. Look, it looks cool. We we like it. We It's like, oh, cool. You know, it's a it's a custom title and everything. But like you said. DiBiase was a glorified manager for the majority of his time in WWE, WWF. Virgil is Virgil. Austin, he was the ringmaster. And he once he dropped that title is when he became a star. And DiBiase Jr. didn't do much with it. I like the Million Dollar Championship. It's got a nice look to it. It's a, it's a cool little gimmick. Let's not act like it actually you know elevates stars and, and does a bunch of stuff here. At most, uh, it was simply done to sort of bring more heat to Ted DiBiase and... You know, DBS is not around. He's not wrestling anymore. And I don't know how, you know, how much he'll be on television from this point onwards. So from this, because we're almost kind of going to uncharted territory with the million dollar championship. And that's the only thing about it that kind of intrigues me is that we're now in a position where it's DBS is not going to be around as much as he used to when that title was more active. If they want to actually do something more with it, where it's like a cash-in gimmick or something, mm. like that's cool. Um, it seems LA Knight seems very interested in the title, so maybe he can elevate it to so, to that level or something more. Um, but for right now, like it is just kind of a prop. Uh, Joseph Q. Ray says probably reaching here, but Bivens calls Tyler Rust the Diamond in the Rust. Maybe he's behind Diamond. Look, man, if they do this MMA stuff and then it pans to Malcolm. Bivens chilling there and then cutting a promo about how he's training top tier athletes and stuff. <laughs> I'm all for it. Give me, give me any Malcolm Bivens on the television. All right. Any, anything that man wants to do, I'm in on it. I love this idea. I love it too. And I'm going to be honest. Like, I love it. If like, if he's behind us in MMA uh, faction, he would just say like, he's, it's the greatest uh, the greatest MMA faction, not just in wrestling history, but in MMA history, like just completely buries American top team, completely <laughs> buries black civilians. This completely buries all the established MMA gyms out there. I'm for it. Uh, women's tag team action. Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai defeat Casey Catanzaro, Kaden Carter. Been a while since we've seen Casey and Kaden. Nice to see them back on television. They still work very well. Uh, as a team and then Raquel some teases here I actually thought when they hit the double team move on Dakota that that was kind of it but Raquel makes a save Dakota and Raquel end up picking up the victory here I bought Casey and Kaden got a little bit too much considering we have the NXT women's champion in this match uh, Joseph and I talked about this on Monday on Twitch it's like you want to establish Raquel as a dominant champion but then you want her to have like good matches and go 50-50 with people as well. Like if you're just going to have her dominate and, and run roughshod over the division, like 
Just have her destroy these people. You ain't doing anything with Casey and Kate, and you haven't used them on television for months. Just have them, have them run through these two. Yeah, I mean, look, the the closest thing we got to a push with Caden and KC as the tag team was, you know, the dust the 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 tag team tournament. I think they went to the semifinals, but it's not like it was sort of like the launching point of something big. They, you know, they weren't on television. They're not on television every single week. They're not doing a lot of stuff. So, you know, I'm okay in the sense that if you give them some good offense this week, that in turn they start to actually start piling on wins here and there and then start to become a contender because I mean, look for at times as limited as, you know, Casey can be as a singles wrestler. She excels really, really well when you pair her up with Caden and you can hide some of the limitations they have. And it's a loaded women's tag team division. And as far as the good wrestlers that are competing there, there, so you can have good matches. Uh, I just think that, you know, my understanding is, if you're going to be giving them some good offense against the tag champs, you better be doing something. You better lead to something to them being contenders. I don't, I don't, you don't have to put the titles on them, but at the very least, make them a threat for the for the entire division for a long time instead of just being, you know, bottom of the barrel tag team or never real contenders at all. So uh, I'm hopeful, but I do agree with you. If they don't do anything. With Casey and Caden, then I mean, this this did kind of feel like a bit of a waste, uh, giving so much offense to them. Guys, remind me get your super chats in, get your question, comment, statement read on air. Leave us a thumbs up on the video. Subscribe to the channel, YouTube.com/slash Fightful. Go to over to Fightful Select. Subscribe to that. Sean Ross Sapp's breaking all the news in pro wrestling. It's where every other website gets their wrestling news from. FightfulSelect.com. Io Shirai, after returning last week, thanks to Poppy, she comes out. She's ready to tell her next target, but here comes Candice LeRae. Candice says, things have changed a little bit. You're not the champion. I am. Andy Hartwell attacks her uh, from behind. They they put the boots to her for a little bit, and then Zoe Stark makes the save. Zoe Stark comes in, helps uh, Io fight them off. Um, Io takes them both out with a springboard dropkick, and then Io and Stark, it looks like we're setting up for them against Candice and Indy for the the women's tag team titles here. What do you think, Carlos? I'm okay with it. I mean, I'll admit to a certain extent, I thought EO was going to eventually make her way up to the main roster to run SmackDown, but you know, I'm still happy she's in NXT because she can, she's still having phenomenal matches whenever she's put in a position to have these great matches here and there. But, uh, you know, putting in Zoe Starks and, you know, essentially kind of making a, a makeshift tag team I think it's it's okay right now. I think it's going to lead to a nice, you know, short-term feud. But, I mean, you go from Yoshirai from being this dominant champion and then suddenly, all of a sudden, you kind of transition her to being just a tag team wrestler in the long term. I don't think that's the, the vibe that I'm getting. I think it's going to be just a case of elevating Candace and Indy sort of more by, you know, if they have a few and they have a match at Great American Bat that you further elevate Candace and Indy as tag champions and just for, sort of keep, legitimize the belt even more by having them beat such a, you know, previously dominant champion and EO. It does seem like this might be a short-term feud heading into Great American Bash where they do a tag team match between these two. And look, I'm, I'm for it because that'd be a great match. Uh, the, these four women. Um, and Candace, Candace and Indy need, I'd like to see them have a good run 
with these titles. I think they're mm-hmm. doing great work with uh, Johnny and, and Austin Theory. And I like I like the uh, little index index story that they got going on. I don't know how much more mileage they're going to get out of it. At some point, they got to do the big hookup type deal, do do the big kiss and everything. But I actually like that kind of stuff. I thought I thought they'd done it very well. I would like to see it progress a little bit more because we haven't had that. I mean, we had the little hug last week. But there was nothing on it this <laughs> week. I, I would like to see Candice and, and Indy get a nice little run here. And so, like, if they're going to feud with a former NXT Women's Champion and then Zoe Stark, it elevates Zoe Stark a little bit too. I like this little feud. I'm all for it. Yeah, and, and you put in Zoe in there, it kind of raises her profile a bit by being with three already established women in NXT. I think it, it also does a good job in sort of bringing her up to their level, at least perception-wise. So, I mean, even if EO and Zoe lose the, this feud, I think it's at the end of the day, it's going to be more beneficial to Zoe. Main event time, Timothy Thatcher, Tommy Ciampa against Grizzled Young Veterans. Tornado tag team match. No tag. You don't need to hold the tag ropes on this one. Uh, some big spots in this one. The Doomsday device on the floor. Looked like it sucked. Uh, Thatcher, or not Thatcher, Ciampa also going on the um, the top of the announce table there, which did not snap. That oh, looked man. like it sucked. That, uh, was, that was painful. Yes, the, the air raid crash on the table. The table didn't break. That looked like it sucked as well. And then Ciampa and Thatcher end up getting the win with the uh, fairy tale ending into a double submission on uh, Drake. And that's look, this is a hard-hitting match. Uh, I thought it was great. Some of the stuff, especially at the end, looked like it definitely sucked with stuff not breaking and whatnot. But I thought this was a fantastic close to the show. How about you, goes? I loved it, too. I thought it was – I mean, both all four of these guys worked their ass off in this match. I love I loved the finish. The, the double submission finish was just – it accentuated just how brutal Tommy and Timmy as one – a super chat kind of called them a love to Tommy Timmy. I like that. I like the little <laughs> nickname, but it, it does, you know, for a while, I kind of thought that this was going to be a case where, you know, Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso was going to be, you know, they were going to be an attack team. And then, you know, it was just kind of fizzle out, but I'm pleasantly surprised that they kind of are going a, giving them a longer run than I thought. It kind of reminded me of you know how what how they did with uh, Sheamus and Cesaro a few years back with the bar and how that tag team started that was and that ended up being a really good run at least in my eyes so I could I see another similar type of run I, I wouldn't doubt them that they, if they were to win the tag team titles hell may I wouldn't be surprised if they win, if they become multiple time tag team champions I think there's a lot of a lot you can do between these two guys and. I mean, let's be honest, they are about as brutal and about as physically demanding as far as getting a, a good match out of them. But you know what? They're so good that they are more than capable of, you know, carrying the tag team division. And who knows if they were to get a tag team match with MSK and there was kind of like a little bit of a hint to it before the match where you saw Timothy Tadger is going to take, I think it was uh, Nash's popcorn bucket and just start eating off of it. It was a great little segment, but I thought it was really good in the sense that, you know, maybe that kind of plants a seed a little bit. I do I do hope, part of me kind of hopes that a, a feud starts to hope that it's because MSK feels insulted that Timothy Thatcher stole their pop. 
<laughs> what a way to kick off a feud. <laughs> like, hey, man, you took our popcorn. Now we don't like you over this stuff. And I'm there's been worse. Like, yeah, there's I was about been to say. Feuds that start, there's been better feuds started with worse, uh, yes. worse stuff. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. What a great uh, styles clash that match would be. MSK, they they are very much into the kind of innovative offense uh, with the double team moves and obviously a lot of high flying and whatnot. And Champa and Thatcher are just going in there to beat the shit out of you. So <laughs> they ain't worried about all the these flips and flipping over the ring post and whatnot. Overall, like I've been down on NXT uh, for the last few weeks. I said they they hoodwinked me into thinking it was a good show when they moved to Tuesdays, and then it's just kind of kind of dry. I, I didn't think Takeover was all that great, at least by Takeover standards. This week felt fresh. Maybe it was just Samoa Joe and you know his presence coming in. I hope it's more than that. I hope they continue this and they can build off of this show because it, it it felt. It felt like a reboot of some sorts. It felt like it had some energy that's been missing from the show for a while now. And I'm cautiously optimistic when it comes to NXT moving forward. How about you, Carlos? I agree. And I think I would sort of take, as a viewer, I think I would sort of take this week and use this week all the way through Great American Bash and maybe even like the week after Great American Bash as sort of it of a transitional period, because look, it's not the first time NXT has kind of felt like, okay, it's it's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place where it doesn't look like it has a ton of momentum, but then you give it a few weeks, you give it a couple of months, and then you bring in some fresh faces, you do some new stuff, and then suddenly NXT is revitalized again. It kind of feels like we're in that period you know, right now where we're just kind of waiting for that big, big thing to sort of just explode. And it just kind of gives this new energy and this new look to NXT. And I do think that once we get to sort of a, a place where we have the full crowds back and we have, you know, who's to say, you know, NXT maybe does uh, tours around, does, you know, maybe their takeovers at uh, outside of Florida that maybe that, that maybe we'll get into that point where it's going to be, you know, a new era for for NXT is you know we we've seen different types of eras as far as who's the guy out top and who are the big supporting acts around the show kind of feels like with you know with the battery charging with the diamond mine with Joe back you know with the draft coming up some guys might be leaving NXT that we are kind of slowly approaching into that new era of NXT I I hope we are I hope we are because the the show needs to be freshened up a little bit so yeah I, like. The takeover show just wasn't good. And the crowd, the crowd wasn't good for that show either. And I think that was a reflection on the product more than the crowd. Mm-hmm. Tonight, the crowd had a little bit more life to it. And I mean, I think they had more life to it because the show had more life to it. So it's easier to react to these things. Hopefully, again, they can keep this momentum going forward into Great American Bash and then into, I, I guess they're doing a takeover uh, at SummerSlam. Those, those are what the reports are. So Hopefully this builds to something and we do kind of get that next crop, that next wave of NXT guys. Like I love Cole. I love Gargano. love Ciampa. I love these guys. But uh, move them down a little bit, elevate some new people. Samoa Joe's back. That's the biggest thing. Samoa Joe's going to add a freshness and a layer to the show that it hasn't had in a while. Yeah. I mean, look, Joe was the biggest thing about this show, rightfully so. And 
there's no doubt that Joe is going to be an integral part of NXT moving forward. And I think that's a great thing to have because Joe, even in a non-wrestling capacity, can do some fantastic stuff. I mean, all you got to do is listen to his commentary on Raw throughout the, throughout the last few months before it was released. And he was fantastic in that role. Look, Joe's great at anything he does. This man, he <laughs> joked in an interview, he's like, God bless me with the ability to just be great at everything. And like, it's kind of true. This man just rules at every single thing he does. Um, Carlos, thank you for joining us, buddy. <laughs> Where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Carlos Toro Media. I do. If you're not, if you kind of want to know more about the world of boxing, I tweet a lot about boxing. Obviously, today uh, I just posted a new newsletter. I do a newsletter, kind of similar in a similar role to sort of how the Wrestling of Silver newsletter does. And just again, I give a an example for the wrestling audience here that I do on Substack. It's on my Twitter that you can go and subscribe. And it's been it's been a hell of a day, a, a hell of a past 48 hours in the world of boxing. So there's uh, almost 6,000 words in that newsletter. And there's going to be another newsletter in a couple of days with a lot more stuff breaking down. So if you're interested in boxing or you want to know more about it, follow me on Twitter. I will have... Uh, my pinned tweet is the latest newsletter. You can subscribe to it, the free or the $5 version. You're going to get a lot of good and exclusive content on there. So, uh, listen, I'm always up for to talk some wrestling, but boxing has also been my my one true big love, uh, especially ever since I came to Fightful back in 2016 when I had no idea what my role was going to be there aside from doing boxing stuff. Carlos is the only reason I know anything about boxing, <laughs> and anytime I need to know something about boxing, I just I just message Carlos and be like, hey, who's gonna win this fight? And then I give my uneducated opinion and <laughs> I, I look foolish most of the time. Yeah, subscribe to Carlos's new letter. Go follow him at Carlos Toro Carlos Toro Media. You see it right there uh, on your screen. Give him a follow, check him out for, for all your boxing coverage. I also slide in his DMs when I need stuff translated as well. <laughs> uh, so you see his name on Fightful a lot. The carrying carrying cross's favorite writer. Your boy got punked tonight. Carlos, he got punked by Samoa Joe. Listen, I mean, it's Samoa Joe. I mean, you're not going to find many people in the world who are going to stand, you know, toe-to-toe with Samoa Joe and just, you know, not look intimidated. But listen, he was awestruck. Everyone was awestruck. Everyone, I was awestruck by Samoa Joe. So maybe, maybe he and Scarlett just wanted to go to the back and just celebrate the fact that Joe is back on NXT. So my boy Karrion is still there. He he's still champion. No need to worry about that for a while. He just needs to kind of keep his hands in his pocket at all times, and we're good. Carlos, you need to write an article that had headline: <laughs> Karrion Cross punked by Samoa Joe, falls in praise. That, that's that's gonna be the headline for this article, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Listing your boy. I think it's at a special time. Because Sean is interviewing some guy named Bobby Lashley, I think. Uh, uh, who's who, who's Bobby Lashley? I don't yes. know. He's yes. only WWE uh, champion, so. <laughs> so uh, I think Listen Your Boy is at a special time tomorrow. I don't know what time that's going to be. But, uh, you know, keep it here. YouTube.com slash FIFO. We have the distraction Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on this channel. Joseph will be back from his sabbatical uh as he's he's very just upset at all of wrestling he'll be back uh go to twitch twitch.tv slash fightful gaming uh give us a follow over there sub to the channel uh again fightfulselect.com go there we're breaking news and all that fun stuff go to fightful.com 
we we cover we cover a lot of wrestling. We cover MMA. We do MMA watch alongs. We do a lot of we do a lot of fun stuff here on the channel. Everybody, just on the website overall. Y'all enjoy your night. We'll be back on tomorrow with listing your boy Carlos. Thank you. I appreciate you, Carlos. Everyone, y'all have a good